Listen up, listen up. All shucks. Now they done gave me my time to speak. The game day BOGO deal still lives on. Listen, Paisanos is bringing it big time every Sunday. I said it every Sunday. You can still buy a large pizza and get the second large pizza for free. Use the online code Redskins on the app or online. You heard me. On the app or online. The second pizza of equal or lesser value is free. You heard it from me himself. Lil' beat your ass. What? What the? You hear that? Nothing at all, buddy. Think I'm losing my mind, man. Let's start the show. I don't know what's going on around here. Coming up on the Santana Moss Show, Santana Moss Jr. is on his way to college. And I'm such a proud poppy. By the way, have you noticed the beast of the NFC East is still alive in the playoffs? Except one team. And there will be changes. We already know Jay Gruden has kept his job. Who's going to be the guy out? Change going to come. Speaking of change, it's a different kind. But I made some on wildcard weekend. Will I make any for the divisional round? We'll pick the games. And you heard them boys. Like they said, if you want to come to a school where the coach is going to be dancing in the locker room, come to Death Valley. Clemson is on top. For taking L's this week, a BOGO deal. Say what? The Santana Moss Show podcast starts right now, baby. Come on. It's the Santana Moss Show. Home of the Bogo. Number 89. I'm all the time. Travis on the right, hot mic on the left. Every single week, it's a lyrical. Man, had the, the boots on like the chicks rock, man. Go, go, go. Y'all don't mind us. Now we ready to go. Santana Marshall Podcast. We are making fun of Lil Wayne. The halftime performance at the national championship game. What was he thinking? What was he thinking? What was he wearing? What was he saying? Hey, man. Hey, Lil Wayne, man. Leave them drugs alone, man. No, don't leave the drugs alone. Just keep doing what you're doing, but just change your outfit. <laughs> you want to be high? Be high. I need that. I need your lyrics. You need to high, be, Lil Wayne. I need his lyrics to be. Here, <laughs> I didn't like his last album for the record. I didn't either. I got like four, four songs on my yeah. playlist. About four or five. Songs. It was lazy in comparison to the other Carters. It was lazy. Let's be honest. You you wait that long for yes. It, it has to be something that's just going to be like, oh, it was worth the while. Agreed. You know what I mean? But today's rap is so different. If he would have put it out back then when it when was, he was hot. supposedly had came out, maybe it would have been a little bit. I miss mixtape Wayne. That was the Wayne. Like, he had a run, Tana. Five, four or five years, Mixtape Wayne was the guy. Mixtape Wayne. Wayne could have made his career off of mixtapes alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and, and he I didn't, has to I me. didn't know back then they was getting paid for those mixtapes like that. Of you know? course. What you think this is, I, I found out late, man, that most of the guys make the mixtapes because they can tour off that and they yes. get that tour money by themselves. I didn't know when you have an album out right. and you tour off your album, then that goes to, to the record company, yeah, right? See, yeah. You know? Hey, Wayne told you no ceilings. He meant it. I was a late boomer when it came yeah, to knowing well, what, the, what the industry was about. Here's the thing. Tana literally just got off the plane. Did you not just Look, land bear, and walk in bear here? Bear with me. I try to make sure my trends are a little up to date, but I just jumped on the plane. As long as I wash what I got on, I'm okay, man. I just came like this, had my hoodie on the whole entire you good. time. You good. This and is jet setting Tana right yeah, here. This is me, man. This is how I like to do it. Throwing so, some sweats, throwing a hoodie, and get there. You just got back from Miami, right? I actually had just came back. I should have actually stayed the whole week. You had to uh, do the show, bro. Yeah, you I had, had to do come the show. Back, I had to come back. Make it happen. 
I got a call that my son was finally finna be starting his first semester at the big school. Let's know, go. FIU, you know, his first Congratulations, semester in, Junior. in college. I was ecstatic. I'm sitting home and I'm like, I can't be here and letting him go do that without me. Sure, for sure. I remember my dad taking me, my mom and my dad both taking me. I remember that drive from Carroll City to University of Miami. Talks we had and just knowing that, hey, this is my chance to start this new journey. And that's all I thought about going down there. Like, this is his time to start his journey. Unfortunately, he didn't get a chance to get enrolled into his dormitory yet because they have a waiting list for that. Right. Which we stayed on the street from the school, so it's going to be okay. So it's all good. But he was able to start school today. And nice. I texted him this morning. When I landed here, I knew his class was about to start yeah. at 9 o'clock. And I texted him and say, look here, man. Just know that your dad is proud of you. I'm happy for you to start this journey. He replied with, Dad, I'm so excited to start this journey, too, for real, for real. So I'm like, yeah, that's wow. my son. He talked just like me. Yeah. And I know it's going to be something that he can look back on years later, man, and say, you know, that was the experience of a lifetime. Big ups to you, man. You a good dad, man. No, big ups to me. I'm old, man. I got a damn son in college. A bomba class. Shout out to all the fathers out there handling their business, raising their kids, man. Yeah, no Salute doubt. to you all. Yeah. Moms get the credit as they should, but really dads that are involved in doing their thing deserve some of the credit too. We don't get enough shine. So shout outs to all the fathers out there. Literally, as I sip from Lil' Beat Your Ass, I'm thinking... How he feeling today? Redskins season's over. It didn't go the way I wanted. My stress levels are down, though, right? Yeah, we down. We down. But you know... This Wrong! Is, Tana! This, this is the time of the year when things get very interesting about what's going on yeah. in the building. Well, here's the thing. Forget the building. I got stress because I look at the playoffs and the damn Eagles and the Cowboys are still alive. You got to be kidding me. Half of the NFC East is still in the playoffs. Yeah. And we sitting here talking about the season it was. I'm drinking from Lil' Beach OS. We were 6-3, and three, man. This don't make no damn sense, Tana. Shouldn't we be pissed off as Redskins fans? You're right. You're absolutely right. I think if you're a Redskins fan, you sit there and you say, what could have come out of this team this year if – certain things wouldn't happen. You know what I mean? You got to look at the course that we went down when it comes to losing your starting quarterback. And at the time, he was playing okay. He was playing not even okay football. We was just winning games with him playing mediocre football. With all that said and done, our defense was playing at an all-time high. Those guys up front was doing so well. So you look back as a Redskins fan, you say to yourself, we was told that this NFC East was the least. Sure you know, was. He was called the least. Yeah. And when I mean least is that – Everybody else in the NFL didn't care about what was going on over here. Right. We beat each other up. We're not that good. Guess what? We got two teams representing the East in the uh. NFC. You can easily say that, hey, the Redskins were sitting at 6-3, and three, two games ahead of all these guys in the East, and found themselves finishing third and not even having a winning season. You can be optimistic about the situation and say, hey, maybe if these things didn't happen to us. We were that close. We were whatever. that close. We right. see ourselves there. Or you can be the fans that – Blew up our timelines last week and say, screw that. Yeah. It's no ifs, ands, yeah. or buts. This organization is crap. This yeah. organization has to change. We got to blow up everything in-house, and that's the only way we're going to become what we're trying to become. So I look at it on both sides. I say, look, man, hey, we right there. We right there. I do believe a lot of coaches have to be shifting around. Not saying where and what side, but we already know the one side is not going anywhere. <laughs> but I do believe we're going to have to make some changes there. And maybe, yes, we might have to make some changes front office too. Who knows? I don't, I don't know. I'm not in that seat. But then the other side I said to myself is that you can't live on what ifs. 
one of the reasons why I talked about last week about having an identity is that you want to set yourself up for moments and situations where you can be the team that you want to be regardless of what circumstances happen to you. That's why I think so highly of some of the teams I see that consistently play at the level. The New England Patriots, they have an identity. Regardless of who lines up, we're going to play technique sound football. Mm-hmm. Right now, things ain't going so well with Grunk and some of those guys, but they replace the guy, and guess what? Play technique sound, yep. we're going to find a way to win. So that's why I speak so highly of just having an identity. And I do believe that the reason why I brought it up last week is because I see the direction that the Redskins is trying to go, but they're still a long ways away from it because they haven't got enough chance, and probably when it comes to cap space and all that too, to get more guys to fulfill those needs. And I think building those guys up front on the defensive side, got to continue there. We also got to replace a guy that we probably shouldn't be replacing. But then offensively also, you have Chase Rulier, you have Trent, Sheriff, who's a pro bowler, and you have another guy, Moses, you might be missing one or two guys, probably a starter and a backup on that line. Sure. And if we can keep a clean bill of health, yeah. you know, maybe they play better. Maybe we can run the whole entire season, yeah. you know, have Adrian Peterson put up more yards than what he put up. I see the direction they're trying to go in. It's just very interesting just to see what the NFC East has done thus far in the playoff run. Now, you mentioned some coaches possibly being shifted. Obviously, I'm assuming Callahan and Minuski are on your mind there, but... As you said, I mean, look, one guy that's staying put that we know for sure now is Jay Gruden. Your thoughts on Gruden staying put and also those other names I mentioned, do you think there could be some movement there? Yeah, you know, it was likely to see that Jay Gruden was going to get a second chance, second or third chance, whatever you ain't want to call it. Hell, um, I done lost count of how many <laughs> damn chances Jay Gruden getting. I mean, you got to look at it. You look at it like that. You say, man, 6-3 and three start, so many guys on IR in the last two years, 40-plus guys. Despite all that, this guy was able to still have a team almost at 500 with losing his entire starting core at one point in time. I mean, the offensive line was depleted. Yeah. You know, you didn't know who you was playing, running the ball behind at times. And then you had to go down all the way to your fourth quarterback. You heard things around, you heard rumors and whispers around the league that people thought highly of what he was able to do with all that stuff that went on with all the turmoil. So I just feel that it was only right that they was going to give him that second chance. Other guys had other things in mind, like, hey, let's separate ourselves now so we can plan for the future. It's not always that easy. You know, the grass isn't always green on the other side. You're not just going to replace him and bring in somebody else and he's going to immediately get the job done. Right. Because it's still Jay's guys there. He has to know how to run that ship. I just knew that Jay would probably get another chance. Got two seasons left on his deal, $10 million plus. He still have room to prove to us because he have the guys intact. If you can bring these guys in and be healthier and also play a little different, offensively, I appreciated them at times, the way they played the game and the way I, some of the things I saw. Now, when it came down to looking at the quarterback position, I understood that, hey, Alex couldn't come in here and be the Alex that you saw a year ago at Kansas City. This terminology a little different regardless of how old you are, right. regardless of where you're at. As a veteran in this game, you still have to get caught up to things and have it to where it's second nature to you. You know, when you're thinking, which he was at times, you get the chance to see the performances like you saw. The one thing I thought that was bright about what Alex displayed, he barely turned the ball over. I think the one game that he had his most turnovers was the game he got injured. So offensively, those guys had things going well. We was winning games and defense was playing high. Now, defensively, two years in a row, you find yourself losing it. You know, yeah. you, I mean, one year was a bunch of injuries. This year, you probably had your best corner, who I believe was the best corner this year, Dunbar, go down early. He missed the whole entire season. Probably played, what, four games, if that? 
I think that hurt us a lot. Ioannidis going down late in the season when he was steady. You know, he was a guy that was leading in sacks at one point in time. So you got really probably two guys. But I think where we lost it on defense, and that's one of the reasons what we're bringing up those whispers about Minuski not being around, we changed Swearinger's role when we brought in HaHa. Yeah, you called that when it happened, bro. I didn't want to be right. And everyone else saw it the same way around the league. You see different analysts talk about it, speak on it, saying something was different about that back end. Those guys in the back end wasn't playing on the same level. And I think the level was set because Swearingen was able to do the things that he did so well. He can play the deep. He can play it short. He can be in the box. He can blitz. He do so many things. So I think we dropped the ball there. And that's why a lot of that stuff falls in the lap of Minuski. Like, hey, you have to take advantage of every situation and knowing that, hey, regardless of who we bring in, mm-hmm. allow him to help what we've been doing already. Don't change. And I'm not saying that I know that that's what happened, but allow things to run as smoothly as they was and implement him accordingly. Say, hey, at the end of the day, I don't need you to do much. Do whatever Monte was doing. Yeah. But play at your level of play. I want to see your caliber, your Pro Bowl caliber of play. And let this wild dog eat, which is with Swearinger. He was eating the whole entire time until Ha Ha got here, and then you saw his demise. He just disappeared at times. So Manuski's probably going to be the guy that you hear rumors about does he stay or does he not? But to me, the reason why I say I find it interesting is because if Manuxi leaves, then that makes Swearinger right. That makes him right in saying that, hey, we can't afford to be right. put in situations that we was put in against Tennessee. I'm going to go back to that game. We Right now we're in offseason. We can talk about what we want to talk about. I go back to that game because I find it odd for you to allow a backup quarterback to beat you. Blaine Gabbard at that. Blaine dog. Gabbard at this that. This ain't Nick Foles. Especially after you got out the Mariota and he was a threat, a dude threat. Put him out of the game. Mariota's the quarterback that if he get in the rhythm with doing things how he does on ground, in the air he can dice you up too. Yeah. And we didn't give him a chance to do that in the first half. And then we just was not the same defense in the second half against a quarterback that you should show the same kind of looks to. That caused a guy like Swearinger his job who I thought that was going to be the safety for years to come. And now we find ourselves in a situation where we might lose our D coordinator and still be looking for a safety to replace that void that we lost with Swearingen leaving. If we lose a coordinator, in my mind, it's addition by subtraction. I would tell Minuski, don't let the doorknob hit you where the good Lord <laughs> split you. You're out of here. I'm on the phone with Marvin Lewis. I'm on the phone with Greg Williams. Mm-hmm. Would you come back to us? Can we hug and make up? Yeah. I'm getting me a D coordinator in here who's good at what they do, who has an attitude, because, my God, do you have the toys to play with on defense. I need a mastermind in here who can move people around and get us going because this defense is good enough. You should be right there with the Cowboys. You should be right there with the Eagles right now, in my mind. We talked last week identity. A lot of fans, man, you know, and I appreciate that from you. Shout outs to everybody Everybody who left comments. Who who left comments, who chimed in. I I think I I responded to one or two, but I want to do that. I want to be more of that guy to, uh, you know, give you my intake after you have a question like you did. And one guy hit it. He's like, you know, what you mean by identity? What I was saying is that so many teams across the league show you that regardless of who they have up, they're playing with the same kind of energy they played with before. Mm-hmm. Baltimore Ravens, their defense was tenacious the whole entire year. The last time I saw that defense play like that was when Ed Reed and Ray Lewis, you know, and Ray Lewis and those yeah. guys played. You yeah. know? 
so many other teams, you know, you can look at and say, you know, the Patriots, technique sound. I say they always technique sound regardless. They never have any stars over there. Tom Brady makes the stars. You know, he makes right. the guys on offense and defensively. You find two or three guys out of there that become stars because of what they've been taught and yeah. the way they've been groomed. They've been coached up. We have to find a way that we can do that. And that's one of the things I believe in. So I look at the things that went on with our defense a lot this year. You can't sit back there and play catch football. I saw a lot of guys allowing guys to catch the ball and now wait till he makes a move. You have to come down here and play attack football. I mean, I watched high school, little league, college. That's the way you play football. Last night alone, when you watched the national championship game, both of those teams was flying around on the defense side and making plays because they didn't allow you, even if you made the play, now you finna feel it. You know what I mean? And that's what I saw a lot last year. We allow guys to make plays on us. Yeah, they get paid too. They're going to make plays. But now we're chipping at the ball. No, make their knees hurt. Make their chest hurt. Do something that's going to allow them to know that, man, when I make this catch next time, I got to get ready for that blow that's coming. And we didn't play that way. So we have to find our way of playing that kind of football. And you mentioned the name, Gray Williams. That's the way he made those guys go out and play. I remember in 2005, before practice even started, I used to ask the defensive guys that, man, why you guys so tired before we start? They said, do you see what he make us do before practice start? He had those guys doing things where they had to meet him in the end. So ask Sean Springs and Fred Smoon, those guys. They had this drill, and I'm pretty sure a lot of defensive guys do this drill because I see it in college also, where he blows the whistle and the whole entire team run into a corner. Whatever corner he said, that's where we got to go. And when you watch this play on Sundays, that's what you saw. You saw them flying around. Wherever that ball went at, the entire team, it was a game tackle. You know, it wasn't just no one guy, two guys sitting here catch football. All right, you caught it. Now make your move and I'm going to I'm gonna make my move. No, we flying downhill. If you make me miss, I'm throwing something at you so you cannot have that much room or that clear path to make another play. I mean, I'll take it, man. And, and you talk about identity. That's exactly what you're talking about. All right, let's get into the picks then, shall we? It's a divisional round. I just want to say, Tana, for the record, wild card weekend was great to your boy, baby. Boy, boy. I, now, I'm throwing in the Clemson-Bama game because I went to the window. I bet all the wild card games, and I said, you know what? While I'm here, I think Clemson's going to cover this six points. Boy, did they cover and then some. So your boy had a very lucrative betting weekend. Divisional playoffs. I might quit while I'm ahead. I, I haven't decided if I'm going to bet any of these games or not, but I do want to get your predictions. Colts at Chiefs is the first game up Saturday afternoon. Who do you like, Luck or Mahomes? Oh, mm, uh, you know, Chiefs high power scoring offense. You know, that's one thing you can think about when you talk about the Chiefs. But they haven't yet in the last few years to win a playoff game. They play so well throughout the season and find themselves losing in the playoffs. And one of the main reasons why I believe so because the defense hasn't been there. Even when the defense was playing at a high level, they wasn't coming up big in the postseason. And so do I believe they can do it now? I don't know. I think the one deciding factor would be if the Chiefs' defense can get out the luck, you might make things hard. Hell, good luck. I don't think they're going to be able to. You ain't lying. Luck has a great offensive line. It might be one of them shootout games. Might I think be a it's game where it's going to be score for score. I say the first team that makes a mistake is the losing team. That leads me to believe that the Colts will win. It's going, to be, it's going to be a coach. Right now, I, I'm, you know, look, I told you last week, I didn't believe the coach was going to win last week. And the only reason why I didn't believe so is because I just felt like who they was going up against yep. was going to be able to edge them out. What I saw last week from that defense, yeah, buddy. what I saw from the offensive That's side, line. offensive line protection alone, the way it looked. You can stop Clowney and Watt. You can stop whoever Kansas City throwing at you. 
you get my drift. So that's why I believe the Colts will win this. Oh, Lord, child. I mean, look, the only game I got wrong in wild card weekend was that one. I thought Houston would win. I still think Houston's a better team. I think Bill O'Brien sucks as a head coach. Just mm. wanted to get that off my chest. I'm going Chiefs, and I would bet the over in this game. Uh, whatever it is. Take the over. This is going to be the fireworks show game of the weekend, I think. It's going to be a lot of scoring involved. All right, Cowboys at Rams. Cowboys played impressive football last week. They edged out a good Seahawks team. I'll say that stops, though. Ooh. That stops that week. Weather should be good. But they running into a Sean McVay team where Sean knows a lot about the Cowboys. He does. He knows what it takes to go out there and play those guys. He was a Redskin for a while. And even when he wasn't the guy calling the shots, he knew what it took for us to get the job done. To me, I believe that the Rams should win. Sean McVay cooks up some good stuff for golf and Gurley because Gurley's coming back. He, yep. he missed a couple of games to rest his knee. And that leads me to know that if you can run the ball and pass the ball and get out to the Cowboys, one of the things that I like about what the Rams do on defense, that one guy in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know what Donald. I'm talking about. Donald, man. He yep. makes such a difference. I'm proudful when I talk about the front seven or anybody on that front seven that can be special enough that can save the guys in the back end. You have some pretty good corners out there. And so just along with him out there, you got Sue out there. If he can get after that quarterback like I know he can, Dak has been playing exceptionally well despite some of the flaws that he might have. But one of the things that I've seen in Dak, he's a winner. But I think Donald and the Rams are too much for him. So the Rams win. I'm going the opposite side on this. I think the Cowboys are for real. What? I do not believe the Rams have a home field advantage. They believe, don't. I don't believe the but Chargers do either. the Cowboys play better at home themselves. So yeah, they're I, away I now. just don't think Los Angeles at this point, maybe when they get a new stadium, maybe. I almost feel like that stadium is going to be filled with Cowboy fans, to be honest with you. So I think the way Zeke's running the football, the way Dak's playing now, this moment, he is way more than a game manager. No, no doubt. And I've noticed about him – is he's starting to run more. Yeah. And that's a wrinkle in that offense that can open things up. I believe that defense is going to get after Jared Goff. I do not trust Jared Goff. I think they'll shut down Gurley and dare Goff to beat him. He can't do it. Dak will outplay him. Dallas wins that game. They're going to shut down Gurley, though? I think shutdown's tough. I think they can neutralize Gurley. Does that make sense? If they get to a point where they're up 10 points and Goff's got to throw— you just shut down Gurley, in a sense, mm-hmm. because you're taking them out of the game. Chargers at Patriots, who do you like? Mm. This is tough, right? Rivers and crew look pretty stout. Is it time for Rivers to beat Brady? They was dominant last week against a pretty stout Ravens defense. Patriots aren't as good on D as the Ravens was, but like I said before, they play technique sound. Yep. <sighs> They've had a week to prepare. This is the first game on Sunday afternoon, Tanner. Mm-hmm. The Chargers defense showed me something last week that I didn't expect out of them. They got out to Lamar Jackson. Now, we know Tom Brady is a statue at times. He doesn't run a lot. If they can collapse that pocket the way they did to Lamar and his running style and the things they want to do with Lamar Jackson, there's no way in hell the Patriots win this game. And I believe that because what I've been seeing Phillip Rivers do on offense. Wait. What I've been seeing Phillip Rivers do on offense. Wait. Patriots have no chance. I'm going against the grain the entire oh! weekend. Wait a minute. Chargers win this game. Oh, stop the press. Little beat your ass. Come here right now. Yeah. Call him out. You're telling me Phillip Rivers 
and the Los Angeles Chargers go into Foxborough. It's a brand new brother in, in town. Pain. What? Yeah, boy. Doo-doo Brown. Dope sound. Wow. <laughs> I'm going Patriots hey. until someone beats them. If you're right, I'm going against the green. The only team I've seen going go into New England and beat them ever is the Baltimore Ravens. I've seen it a few times. Don't get me wrong. I'll be rooting for the Chargers. But until it happens, I'm not buying it, man. I picked the Chargers last week. That was a bet I hit uh, to beat Baltimore and to go into Baltimore. If they have to go on the road again and beat Brady, I mean, my God, at some point, you're just asking too much. I don't think it's going to happen. All right, Eagles at Saints, the nightcap Sunday. Who do you like in that game? Fletcher Cox, Bennett, those boys have a chance to protect their back-end guys. They got some young guys back there covering that, to me, have gained a lot of confidence. In the weeks, mm. you saw them guys play very confident last week. They get out the breeze. He's not that tall, so he has to see over those linemen a lot. Those guys up front, they can collapse that pocket on breeze. Saints, mediocre defense. Their pass rushes ranks 20-something, 26 if I'm not mistaken. Their back-end guys, they're not that tight either, you know. Breeze, to me, is everything they have going. They ain't know you. They play pretty well at home. Just told you I was going against the grain. Don't you? D- I'm going to do it again. Wait a minute! The ski mask boys. You hear me? They going with the steel one and the know you. You hear me? The Eagles you are going to beat the Saints. In the- what is happening? You heard Rob, me. Rob, are you documenting all this? Ski mask boys. Well, listen, man. They going up there to steal one. It ain't going to happen. That's what's been shown thus far in the playoffs, man. What you think is going to happen is not going to happen. Last week, every team we just assumed that was going to win. You crazy as hell. Out of all those teams, one of those teams won. That was the Eagles. Ski mask boys. Listen, man. New Orleans going to beat that ass. When this game is over, they're going to be playing that chopper style, chop, chop, chopper style, chopper style, chop, chop, sewer, chop, chop, sewer, chop, chop. They're going to be rocking down there. I might jump in a car and head down there just to party <laughs> with them and tell them, you know, Tanner picked the Eagles to beat y'all. I told him it was going to be Catch him in time just for Mardi Gras. Man, Mardi Gras, I'm huh? telling you right now, Saints are going to beat them, and I'm not going to bet that game, but I would lay the points. I think the Saints are going to handle business. Saints are going to the Super Bowl. Bro, you cannot win in that building. Believe you no me, one. I told you this weeks ago that the two teams that I believe in the most this entire year, even before the Eagles been playing like they've been playing, I thought the Eagles would have another shot to run at it. You did. And I said, Drew Brees, this is his year. Yeah. I do believe that. Yeah. I do believe. So let me say that. Let me put that on record. I said that. I said, this is Drew Brees' year. It's too much been going right you for him. You did say that. But I just believe, man, Foles gold. That boy. Foles threw two picks last week and shook that thing like, okay. Ice water. That late drive to go up. And win that game, man, that showed that this team has what it takes. So they've been down this road before with him. They won a championship with him. I kind of believe that they're a better team with him playing other than who they want to be the guy. Yeah, I I agree with that. They just ain't beating. But but the reason. Do they want chop a style? Chop, chop. I can't I'm look at you. look at. I'm, I'm going for the Eagles, but I still got to dance. He's with still you. rocking. <laughs> but I do you. believe that man. I, I just think Fletcher Cox, man, what he's shown, Bennett, those guys are playing different up front. You know, well, hell, better Tito's we on it. We then. didn't see. That's better Tito's. Let's better Tito's on, on it. Pingy, pingy. Let's better Tito's. Well, my, my cricket pinky, <laughs> see, is already bent for a bet. You see, I can't even straighten it out. Look at that. It's already bent for a bet. So all I gotta do is fold my fingers. <laughs> Go ahead, and give me. a We bet. betting the Tito's. Just straight up, no points, none of that. The Saints win on my end, Eagles win on your end. We're betting the Tito's. Rob is documented. All right, let me ask you this. National championship game, you alluded to it earlier. Clemson beat that ass. Roll damn tide, my ass. How's that sound? 
Clemson handled business. Freshman quarterback Trevor Lawrence, good God almighty, Tanner. He's a freshman, man. You know what? I talked about Clemson, and I think me and you both had the same picture. I thought Clemson would win. I, I really did. I thought Clemson would win. I thought they had what it took. I also said to you that the only way Bama take advantage of this game yes. and beat them the way people said they was going to beat them by five and all that if Clemson secondary doesn't show up, which that was the weakest group of guys on that stout defense. Think about it. This senior team is 55-4, and four, two national championships. They won in 2016. They won again last night. This team was built to beat Alabama. Trevor Lawrence, what he displayed alone, people are already talking about him going to the next level. What I saw from him rookie to rookie in Jay Ross, I like the big play Higgins. He was a guy that showed up too also last night. But that kid Ross, and he's an Alabama native. Yep. He went out there and caught for 100-plus in a touchdown. Higgins had a touchdown. Those guys on defense that set the tone, A.J. Terrell, when he had that pick six, that set the tone to let Clemson know we here, we have arrived. Whatever you was talking about, we here. Now, Tua went out there and responded and caught my man, what it was, Judy? Mm-hmm. Judy for a deep one. That's a Florida boy. He went out there and went deep. My man Trayvon went out there. Mother, Trayvon Mullen, another Florida boy from the same area as uh, Judy, he went out there and closed them and showed them boys that, hey, whatever you throw back here, whatever you saw of us earlier this season, we know we're the weakest link, but we have to rise tonight. They went out there and played lights out, man. That what gave me the notion, watching the game before halftime, I said, the way that Clemson defense line is already put together, even with a missing link, the way they get after the quarterback and the way they're playing, they're, they're responding in the secondary, they're going to win this game. And they pulled away. I couldn't fathom to see Alabama team to lose by that many points, especially to a Clemson team that they've seen before. To me, both of those teams was designed and built to play each other. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I never would have thought that these guys would have a game where you see that score so lopsided. Yeah, I completely agree. I will say this, though. A lot of people are putting the nail in the coffin for Alabama's dynasty. Ease up on that. One game, maybe. It'll one be game. these two teams yeah, next year. Game. And I tell you what, if it's not the exact same championship game next year, one of the two will be in it, and one it game. could very well be Alabama. So thoughts of their demise is premature, if you ask me. All right, let's go to taking L's. Ten, I'm giving it to Green Bay. Matt LaFleur has been named the head coach. I think that is an awful hire. You had so many other directions you could go in, so many other proven guys, so many guys you could take a flyer on. Maybe a college coach like a Lincoln Riley you think could work or translate in the NFL. Instead, you go to Matt LaFleur. I mean, listen, we know all about that man here, and I want you to speak on it, but I'll tell you right now, his last job, you're only as good as your last job. He was offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. I had two or three Tennessee Titans on my fantasy team. They didn't give me squat. Let me tell you that right now. Your offense sucked, and you're going to fail in Green Bay. Well, you know, one of the things I can say and I can speak on, and I have, we're going to give them a bonus this week because I have a taking nail, too. <laughs> a two for one. How about that? That's a BOGO deal. So that is a BOGO deal. What I can say about Matt, one of the things I've seen that's been a trend in this league is that a lot of these head coaches – are building up head coaches. You have guys like Shanahan. When Shanahan came in 2010, you had his son, Cal. You had Sean. You had Matt. All these guys was around. And you just knew that with what they was reiterating to us week in and week out, the way they coached us, that sooner or later they was going to get their shot. Right. Now, Mike Shanahan has done a tremendous job in his career of being a head coach. You know, you name it, from his Denver days to even his days before that when he was in San Fran. I think he was a receiver coach at that point in time when he was with Rice at one time. 
But the things he have done, you can only see why Cal had got his shot. And to see what Sean McVay has done when the doors open up for him, it only gives that guy, Matt, a chance to go in and say, hey, you was a part of the same circle right. of guys. And think about it. You see it all around the politics. league. You see it's politics. So to see what's going on in this league, I tip my head off to Matt. And holler at me. You might need a coach or something. No, I'm, Hello. I'm just I'm no, just that's too cold and green, babe. Damn, playing. Matt. I'm just playing. But, Matt, look, I do applaud you for your opportunity. Now, the one thing I would say about that opportunity it's an opportunity. Yeah, of course. And you don't want to fail because we see how these guys open those doors and shut those doors real fast on these coaches if they can't do it in one year. The one thing he have going for himself is he have a guy like Rodgers that, to me, I pretty much believe runs the team He'll already. Be coaching. And, Matt, all you have to do is go out there and get the best of the best. Go get you a pretty good offensive coordinator. Go get you a pretty good defensive coordinator. And get your position coaches lined up. And you should be able to have a good job. They'll protect out there. you. They'll protect you, man. You should be able to do your thing. But I do believe that it's an opportunity in a lifetime for Matt, and he deserves it. At the end of the day, he deserves it. Every man deserves the chance to move up on the scale. So I can't knock you for that. Hey, guess what? Them coaches you talking about, he going to surround himself with, they will get a head coaching job somewhere else, and he will be exposed eventually. Now, taking L's part two. 2.0. You know what? We just talked about this team. Alabama took it. Got it taken to them <laughs> yeah. by Clemson. Yeah. And guess who fought it is? Who? Drake's. <laughs> I had to pull my phone out for this one. What happens when Drake's support a team? Let's start with Kentucky basketball in 2012. Oh. It took an L. Oh, let's go a little further. Conor McGregor. Oh. He got took his, an L. He got his ass kicked. He was dating someone named Venus Serena. Oh, no, Venus? No, Serena. He, he was, was dating, dating Venus' sister, Serena. Yeah, Serena. Guess what? She took an L. Damn. He was at a match. I, I'm surprised her mama didn't say, Drake, go sit your ass over there somewhere. Damn, he got with her. And then he found himself on the sideline every week with that Toronto's team. Sure did. Rooting them boys on, acting like he was a coach. They've been taking L's since been taking L's. <laughs> Last but not least, it's pretty more I can I can go down the line because we, we could talk about the LeBron situation when he wanted to fight his way into their party and then they say, no, nah, hold your behind here. We're going to celebrate without you. And then he still found his way <laughs> celebrating with those guys. And guess what? The next year, they took a nail. <laughs> but last but not least, he found himself hooping this week with his <laughs> Alabama gear on. <laughs> and Alabama, somebody who – Who's in charge of that social media had the nerve to post it. Say, y'all see what Drake said. Let's get it. And guess what? They got it. And hell. So thank Drake. Thank you, Drake. For all these woes that these teams have been taking. Because <laughs> he shows up and the team shows big L's. Drakey, do you love me? Because I hate you. And you stay taking L's. Santana Moss Show podcast. It's a Riz app. Holla. <laughs> it's a Santana Moss Show. Home of Number 89, hustle all the time. Try on the right, hot mic on the left. Every single week is a lyrical.